Hesedim is a series of reflection, usually reflecting on an issue in the society in the light of the words of scripture. You're welcome to join us each time and to send your questions or comments by way of a voice note. Look forward to hearing you and speaking with you. I would like to speak to you today about life's defining moment. In a lifetime, more than one opportunities are often given for you to put down your marker, to make a stand, to take action, to do something special that sets you apart and to make a contribution to life and history by which you will forever be identified and history will take notice. It does not have to be some action of professional genius, athletic prowess or artistic mastery. It is sometimes a demonstration of the quality of your character. It is always an expression from your heart and soul. When that moment comes, you need to be wide-eyed and to grasp that moment with both hands. I would like to share with you a story from the Bible about just such a moment in the life of a particular woman. It is the story variously referred to as Jesus anointed at Bethany or the alabaster box of ointment. This story is recorded in each of the four Gospels. There is no unanimity about the name of the woman involved in the story or the city where it was done or when this anointing of Jesus was performed. But all four Gospels capture the essence and significance of her action. And today, centuries later, her action is remembered as the defining moment in her life. This is how Luke describes what she did. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, Weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. John's Gospel adds that the fragrance of the perfume filled the whole house. The woman's action was significant because of what she overcame in order to present Mm. herself there to wash Jesus' feet with her tears and dry them with her hair and to kiss Jesus' feet and pour her expensive perfume on them. It was significant because of the gratitude and love that prompted and were exemplified by her action. And it was significant because of what it meant to Jesus. As he put it, she anointed him beforehand for his burial. There are two things that made her action so life-defining and impactful. 
I believe that these two things ought to be part of any life-defining moment and moments that make a lasting impact. The first is this is a moment in which her full humanity was on display. It was a moment to bear her soul. She seized that moment that was otherwise unavailable to her. She merely heard that Jesus was going to be somebody's guest for dinner. She invited herself, took over the show. She was regarded by some in Luke's version of the story as a disreputable woman, a woman with a checkered past. In other words, to many, she was disqualified, not worthy enough to touch Jesus or to, among, to be among the gathering. The picture painted alternates between utter desperation and masterful choreography. She comes armed with her jar of expensive perfume, spikenard, the, they call it, others alabaster, something entirely suited for the moment. To begin with, some artists, a perfume maker, a jewelry maker, a painter on canvas, a musician and composer, has taken time, engaged the imagination to produce a work of fine art, as this jar of spikenard was. I was in Belgium some time ago, and I was taken on a tour of what they have, which are about 500 breweries. They make a lot of beers in Belgium. I was taken to a brewery that was first the property of some Roman Catholic monks, Trappists Brewery, one of only 12 in the world. In this brewery, the hops and barley were brewed, and then some huge oak barrels were used to store the beer for up to 150 years, I was told, in order to cure the beer. The beer was originally meant for consumption during the liquid-only fast during the mm. Lenten season. So here it is. They are seeking to get a precise taste for the beers, but the process to get the taste takes longer than a lifetime of the brewer. Of the brewer. When the artists are at work, sometimes their work seem random, pointless, arbitrary, but they pour themselves into it, and it is their soul. Somebody finds this particular alabaster fragrance theirs, as this woman does. It costs one year's saving, which is the surplus of one year's income, which no doubt took many years to amass in order to buy this alabaster box of ointment. At last the moment is here. And she comes to bear her soul tears and washing and her hair wiping the feet of this stranger she had not met. She's ridiculed by the host who believes that she ought to have been prevented from touching his guests. But for those of us looking on, it is her heart, it is her soul, it is her full humanity on display that we see. The Gospels vary as to the precise prompting, Luke makes it her many sins that are forgiven. John makes it her gratitude for her dead brother Lazarus brought to life again by Jesus. Till Still others argue that it was the demon possession from which Jesus had rescued her. 
What cannot be denied is that she is full of soul. No hype, no drama, just a deep inner feeling, a deep inner prompting and a soul that has been touched. In many ways, we are not encouraged to get in touch with our soul or to bear our humanity nowadays. Sometimes because of the fear of being hurt, sometimes because others shout us down and still others intimidate us. We live in a world of sparkle and tinsel of smoke and mirrors, but there is passion and heart that come from experience in which our lived reality has encountered grace and peace. This woman provides a template of what it looks like when our full humanity is touched and on display. The other marker that is on display here is an awareness of the presence of God. The Latin calls it coram deo, in the presence of God. This is what prompted her in the first place. Jesus is visiting a home in her neighborhood mm. and she could get access to him, even if it is frowned upon by others. The bearing of her soul is for an audience of one. There are others there, but she's indifferent to them. It is entirely to do with Jesus. The host is perfunctory and focusing on the details. He neither provides the water to wash Jesus' feet, nor the kiss to welcome him and make him special. This unworthy woman with the checkered pass is unselfconscious, courageous, contrite and broken. The world has taken for granted that everybody is everybody and there is no difference, but there is one who is a breed apart, who is worthy and who is wholly other. This is that story, one that touches the very soul. What we see here is the erstwhile woman of the night, her soul and her awareness of the presence of Jesus set the template for three things that we do. Worship, loving, and thanksgiving. The first is worship. There's a lot of soulless worship taking place. It is all form and no substance. This is why there is so much contrivance and beating of the air in the name of worship. Real worship has soul and real worship touches the soul. It must have a bearing on our lived experience. It deals with sins forgiven. It must arise out of trials overcome and victories won. The compartmentalizing of life into neat boxes in which the real issues of life are ignored or forgotten when we come to worship does a dishonor to worship. The God we worship is the one who says the cries of my people have come up to me and I have come down to deliver. Who says whoever touches you touches the apple of my eye. Real worship comes from the soul of the worshiper. This is why the worshiper brings a thing of value, the best that they have and the best of themselves to present at the altar and to lay at the feet of Jesus. Secondly, this combination of our full humanity and our awareness of the presence of God also has to have a bearing and mm. sets the template for our love life. Both Luke and John 
call attention to the consternation of others about the action of this woman. In Luke, it is the host who complains about the unworthiness of the woman and whether Jesus is a real prophet because he allowed her to touch him. In John, Judas Iscariot is concerned about the money wasted in her lavishing expensive perfume on Jesus. In both instances, Jesus addresses the extravagance of love. Listen to his response to the host of the dinner. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. We love because we have experienced God's love for us. And we love in the manner of the love that we have experienced from God. John says the fragrance of the perfume fill the house. Love has a contagion effect. It can change the world. We must put ourselves and our sense of God's presence in the love we show. Thirdly, thanksgiving is to be marked by our full humanity and our quorum deo. Thanks is not just a word. It is a whole life attitude. It prompts this woman to seek out Jesus, to select the best that she had, and to risk ridicule and opprobrium and to pour out her soul on him, to leave it at his feet. In modern life, we have quantity. We have lots of stuff, but we do not have quality. We do not show the depths of our humanity. Mm. We have nothing to put at the altar that fills the room with the fragrance. Thanksgiving is what we ought to do every day we live. God has done so much for us, whereof we are glad. This woman speaks for all of us who worship. She brings a thing of value into the presence of Jesus and lay her whole soul bare at his feet. She loves extravagantly without counting the cost. Love has no calculator. She gives thanks with abandon. She who has been forgiven much, loves much. She comes to Jesus through the din, because she's thankful. In thankfulness, she's reckless and unselfconscious. She gives it her all, and so should we. We must worship in person with our whole heart. We must love without counting the cost, and we must be thankful all the time. As it says, in everything, give thanks. O oh God, our Father, Help us to worship truly and fully with our whole heart, soul, and mind. Help us to love dearly and to love extravagantly without counting the cost. And help us to be grateful with our whole life, our whole heart, and our whole soul. Amen.